demolished and uh, built in a new place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but that's that's basically how it started. But but I'm still really curious about the zoology on here mm. because I'm. Let's see. Yeah, actually, I'm 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 now reading about the book to tell us about the how the the how how can oh this in English but something the way how to regulate the museums mm. and things ah. and yeah I didn't it which is written in Japanese mm. then I started reading that and then I'm still really curious about the uh, so how the history goes when the European country firstly invented. The museums, mm. yeah. Previously, that is coming from age, ancient Egypt, Egypt collections mm. about uh, some of the several historical things and collection of king, but now it time to change, uh, more or less seventy mm. century or so. Mm. They started uh, yeah, something. The collection yeah. is very personal one, but it's going. Yeah, but the point is, uh, that when the French Revolution Revolution is happening in ni the middle of 19th century then uh, oh sorry it was much the end of uh, the end of 18th century, century. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry but then at that time uh, yeah the people started thinking that the, the muse museums and gallery should be more public mm. than closed inside the yeah, sophisticated because, people yeah. so yeah then yeah the stories came back to the Poland so how the thing is I'm just wondering how the people think that uh, for instance the zoo mm. is something related to the kingdom previously mm. and authority but now it's getting in public somehow yeah I mean in that way it's saying okay it's, it should be old mm. like even though it's in around the 19th century I mean, I would say, like, of course, you before like the era of museums, uh, um, you had some private collections. Mm -hmm. So it was mostly by not necessarily by the king, but aristocracy mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of aristocracy, mm -hmm. Poland. And mm -hmm. uh, are they have uh, any collection about the zoo or plants? Guys, uh, you know, pictures. there was the, the last king of Poland, mm -hmm. who was, in my opinion, a very interesting person. Mm -hmm. uh, and many people say, like, the judgment of him is, is very difficult mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. on the one hand, he was the last king, and of course, mm -hmm. and some people say that he was uh, uh, too much sometimes too much serving the Russian interest mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but on the other hand also um, I mean we should be fair and say that he tried to do something and you know he uh, gave the constitution the first constitution in Europe and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so on so, so mm -hmm. yeah, but I know that the point is that um, um, yeah, that he brought also this kind of stuff. This mm. I'm not sure now that if it was him, but um, yeah. Um, but but who? who mm -hmm. But possibly, if I'm not wrong now, mm -hmm. uh, he was the one who uh, uh, opened the first uh, like uh, kind of palm house. Mm -hmm. So so like. Uh, so people could see 
tropical mm-hmm. plants and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. So, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. so yeah, I mean, of course, the role of the king and mm-hmm. the aristocracy mm-hmm. was very important because they had the money to found mm-hmm. places like that. And also, like, uh, uh, when you had some, um, when there was another king, um, like, a bit over 100 years earlier, mm-hmm. um, who had um, a wife who was uh, French, uh-huh. and she also... Uh-huh. This was also like the way to bring some kind of stuff from the mixed from, culture. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to museums, again, it's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, of course, uh, in the beginning it it wasn't public, of course, mm-hmm. and you and this kind of private galleries. This was some kind of museum, but mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. chosen ones. Yeah, exactly. And uh, to be honest, I didn't know about it, but mm-hmm. it makes sense that uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was. Um, probably the French Revolution mm-hmm. and also like with the uh, 18th century and the in- Enlightenment time mm-hmm. it would make sense I'm not, mm-hmm. no, not sure mm-hmm. but it would make sense that mm-hmm. um, this kind of stuff had to be had to become more accessible for mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and yeah and that's why uh, museums could yes yeah somehow they thrive yeah, the, the like rise of Actual public museums mm-hmm. was was like in nineteenth century in yeah, all yeah. over Europe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Actually, I, I confirmed that among the oldest one is is actually end of the seventeenth century. Although it's quite small one, mm. it's just one room like this, and every wall have some collections, mm. la- almost randomly, mm. so they could not develop any. Uh, classifications, mm. uh, clarification techniques, and mm. so this is yeah. That book said, basically said that how we developed the way to collect them and mm. sort them into some categories. Mm. The categorization is firstly shown up more or less similar time when the French Revolution is mm. happening. The, the, at that time, the, the every collection is coming at the same time and. Developed all the structure. Yeah, and there's some more algorithms, right? Yeah. So now, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that will be interesting to think yes. about that zoo. But yeah, I'm really confused. Why there's because here already begins a new street, Kościuszki, Kościuszko. It was. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting person, Kościuszko, um, because this is actually one like common national hero mm-hmm. for Poland and the U.S. Mm. And uh, like in the very beginning of the U.S., mm-hmm. because he was firstly, uh, oh, I don't uh-huh. want to confuse. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was fighting in this uh, when Poland was about to be divided. Mm-hmm. So he was there was the first like uprising against Russia mm-hmm. in seventeen ninety four, for example, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. led by him. Mm. Uh, but also he was fighting in the war of independence of the United States. Mm. That would be really interesting story. Yeah. The different independence yeah. from one from the Russian Empire, the other is the British Empire. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's really yeah, but there interesting was like, story. About and there is also actually there are two persons who mm-hmm. at that time were um, yeah, fighting both in Poland mm-hmm. and in, uh, in the US. So mm. it was Kościuszko and Puaski. So mm-hmm. I still wow. ha- haven't done that, but but if if there ever comes like a, I mean, if anyone from the U.S. would ask, mm-hmm. uh, like, 
what I could say about Poland. So, and I think that the good question to this person would be like, do you know Kostushko or Kuaski? Then mm. they, they should mm. know that. And, mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I would say that wow because um, yeah, it's more or less similar story like in the Japanese way of instance. For mm. every Japanese really like the story where the last samurai is mm. battling against all the European countries like the British Empire, France because they have brought a number of weapons to regularize the country, likewise in ancient China. Mm. The China previously deeply infected by the op- opium. Yeah, yes, it's opium, opium wars, war. Yeah. yeah. So the, just in in the meantime, the Japanese government is going really mess about this because they have no uh, actual force against the U.S. Mm. Uh, but ships on the British mm. ones. So then there's some very small part of the Japanese decided to bring all the weapons by trading their own really fancy materials and tea, whatever they just starting a trading company yeah. to obtain the number of money yeah. and weapons and uh, the ship as well. So then, yeah, at certain points in the countries yeah. which previously were against the, 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 the government, yeah. it is owned by the one uh, families called Tokugawa yeah, really right? Yeah, so at that time they they yeah, previously legalized all the country in the sixteen, I think sixteen hundred. Mm. At that time they started the legalization of the Japanese and di- distributed all the samurais li- the relative yeah to the Tokuga uh, uh, family is located nearer mm. to the, the capital Tokyo, but the, the most of the people who against the Tokyo is located in a much more far place and mm. it's really poor. Place. But uh, some people is located in Kyushu area is very strong motivation to against that uh, government, and then they, they started trading <laughs> on their own against the British Empire. Or it's just uh, French, whatever. They just started to, to import a number of weapons and ships, guns, yeah. cannons. They they all blend together, and eventually they beat down the, uh, the, the you know, yeah. the, the government at the time and starting the new age called Meiji. So ah so. I mean, yeah, I, I've known about Meiji and that Meiji brought this, like, westernization. Of exactly, it. yeah. But I had no idea that it started, like, that there were people from the south, right, who yeah. were, yeah, so, so they were firstly uh, trading with uh, western powers, right? And, yes, and independent with the Japanese yeah, government, yeah, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's yeah, very interesting, I mean, right? So, <laughs> actually, several samurais a really strong to have a really strong motivation to change the Japanese yeah. country itself, then they have started oh. this, all their own trade deal with the one greatest kingdom <laughs> in the world at that time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's a really interesting story about that. Anyway, yeah, the point is the sound is really similar yeah. to the Japanese. Probably, I, I guess, for Polish people, the people, uh, how, how can I call him? Uh, Tadeusz Kościuszko. Called 
Kostiuszko. Kostiuszko. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they pronounce it. I mean, the, the Americans, they say that it's like Kostiuszko. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. It's very interesting to be in, yeah, going against the, the established yeah. countries and empires. And yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. All, although we, we cannot have any name on the road. In mm-hmm. the com- yeah, it is not conventional. Yeah, like here you have like Hirokoji and Nishiki, but these are really huge streets. Yeah, that that avenues. all the meaning. Yeah, yeah right. But so I, I we never put the person's name mm. on the road, or mm. it's, it's really different from the. Yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah, that's that's even when there is a name of the street in Japan, mm-hmm. there is no person. It's always like yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so let's. let's there's some peculiar place where the one the the great dealer at the time mm. had died is located in Kyoto. There is a, the name plates and some brief explanation how mm. it's called. Yeah, it, which is killed, which was killed by uh, the Japanese mm. soldiers from the government, which is uh, composed of the young samurais. And yeah, actually, he yeah, one of the person who greatly contribute to the this trade deal is called Ryoma. Mm. Do you know Ryoma Sakamoto? No. He's one of the guy who started dealing company and now it's developed into the, some shipment companies. And, then, and also the navy of oh. Japanese. It, it, he started the the navy of Japan. More or less he yeah. he's one of his colleague called Kaishu is one yeah. of the the inventor and all the navy uh, military in Japan but yeah previously he had thought that this he can do this against the British Empire and do the, the deal but he yeah unfortunately he was killed in the middle way to accomplish ah, his yes. own ambitions then yeah it is happening in Kyoto then yeah we can see now there's some brief explanation for that it's very small yeah. <laughs> explanation, but everybody knows yeah. what is happening here, especially for Japanese, because we are well educated to know about this. Oh, it's very nice story. So yeah, he's a great hero to save our country, otherwise uh, we completely uh, colonized by British yeah. or other empire like Russian Empire. Yeah, 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 that's right. true. That's true. Yeah. Especially like, Japan is an island country, so that's why this yeah. navy is extremely important. Yes, at that time the we started the history about navy. Yeah. Then the when when we uh, the highest moment where we have beaten the Russian Empire by the war yeah. in, in between the two countries. Yes. It's ninety or five or something. Yes, 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 right? yes. At that time, a uh, uh, Japanese navy is strongest among the world. Of course, uh, the Britain people could not con- convince this at all, but um, obviously at that time, uh, we are really good Navy <laughs> militaries. So, yeah, that, that story is coming basically from yeah. the guys who invented the trade company. Yeah, this is a very interesting story behind. But uh, yeah, that that's all about the uh, that everybody mm. knows. But now, okay, let, let's see the map. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah
Yeah, basically, the, this uh, scenario is quite uh, the common. Yeah, I guess you may towns. more or less like relate to what the mm-hmm. place here. I would really like to go to Krakow. I've been oh. there last time, 10 years ago. <laughs> Viska means uh, river? Viswa. Viswa, yeah. This mm-hmm. is the, the longest river in Poland. Ah, it is the name of yeah. the river. Okay. Yes. <coughs> nice. Here you have Zamek. Zamek, you see the word? Zamek? Mm-hmm. Zamek Królewski na Wawelu, which mm-hmm. means the uh, royal castle of Wawel. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Vavel is this hill yeah, yeah. in Krakow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you have an idea what this is? Maybe like, it's a graveyard. In yes, case, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a signature, it's quite a uh, crystal, so, but I see. Yeah, this could be a graveyard. Lekowicki. Rakowicki. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Here you have, like, always when you have here. PKP, it means because this is a like JR in Japan. This mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Polskie Koleje Państwo, mm-hmm. Polish State Railway. Mm-hmm. So always when you see PKP, mm-hmm. nice. I mean, of PKP. course, you can see here the rails, but, mm-hmm. but still, it's. Oh, that would be interesting. Actually, it's more or less a fast train across the country or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is similar TGV in France or. Uh, what's the name? Uh, like this. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a Shinkansen. Like yeah, yeah, we have this Pendolino. Yeah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not so fast like Shinkansen. Mm-hmm. I, I still haven't also. Uh, yeah, of course. Right now, it's crazy fast. So, or yeah. like you know, maybe in Germany there is Itze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but Pendolino. Yeah, actually, this map is quite detailedly described all the yeah. Pra- the middle of Krakow. Yeah, it's uh, centrum Krakow. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying yeah, Krakow more or less, but then, yeah, not around here. But when, yeah, actually, we are going to the, uh, all the time, this the university, this mm. one, the oldest university in Poland, is going Yagilo? Yagilonian. Yagilonian. Or in English, Yagilonian. Yagilonian. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I should write that more. But uh, yeah, to commute the Yagilonian yeah. University. Yeah. Once I crossed the Bliba, yeah. I, I forgot which way to go to the Yagilonian University. But yeah, some, the bleach, mm. all the time I'm passing through on the way to the university. Anymore. But no, yeah, at that time, all the time, maybe uh, seeing the the castles mm. from the window of the bus, actually. And also, uh, I mostly use the, the trolley. It is running around the town uh. somewhere. Maybe it is more close to that place. It's yeah. not a castle, right? It's, uh, it's some old church. Yeah, this uh, cathedral. Cathedral, yeah. 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 yeah, so yeah, to reach this area, we mostly use the, the tram, right? Yeah, or tram, or yes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is quite nice things to do, but this is more or less a yeah, like the historic one. one. Yeah, old one, but now it's more modernized. Let's see. Mm, that's just really interesting. 
Yeah, actually, I remember that uh, buildings like this in this area. Yeah, in general, this is the fire for Poland. Mm. Yeah. Is this for this province? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, I need some. Yeah, actually, I've I've visited the place for uh, the old synagogue. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is quite nice, and also we have a meal, which is uh, mainly uh, made by the Jewish people mm. there. It's very old Jewish community. Mm, yeah. Right. So yeah, we previously yeah. visited that place to eat some. Yeah. Food. Yeah, the Jewish food is really good. Mm. And you know, I know if if you maybe you've seen it somewhere because that's uh, especially since you visited Krakow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like there were before the war, mm-hmm. extremely, extremely big, a lot of Jewish people in Poland. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure now, but twenty percent. But but yeah, especially like in this area in Małopolska. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more populated, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. So. Oh, yeah, we're getting more interested in to look at this because the most of yeah mm. the name, the road, uh, the panels, or some indications, whatever. Mm. It's really hard to pronounce in the, in the way of the Roman alphabet, mm. the order, right? So basically, so how we uh, skip some <laughs> alphabet and you know, real pronunciations and so on. So mm. we just looked at this and. Um, yeah, it's just a completely different culture that we mm. imagine by using the alphabetic uh, language. But now, yeah, it's pretty, now you're coming from Japan and you have a similar way to yeah. think about the Japanese language. It's more complicated because we differently use a number of different alphabets yes. and kanji yeah, at the same time. So it's more a mess to <laughs> But now, yeah, it's... It's very detailed. I never visited all the place here, but um, yeah, this is uh, the thing I have when I was visiting Poland. It's more or less two years ago. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty fancy. Yeah. Let's see. It is more broad one, isn't it? It's just castled and yeah, it's located so this in the like south. in the south of the. Mm-hmm. Ah, Kopiec Krakusa. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? It's like a kind of a hill, but it's an artificial hill. Really? It's like a mound. Oh, in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because you know, the city is Krakow, and you have Krakus, mm-hmm. and there is a legend that he was the founder of Krakow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I might think it's. More or less a kind of a similar story to the Edinburgh. The Edinburgh is also have a, a place called Mount. Yeah, yeah. The Mount is really close to the castle, yeah. more or less. And the the king uh, first he came to the Scotland, the st- settled on that places, and they yeah, started building at all the castles, mm. something. So yeah. Yeah, actually, this was before I visited. Edinburgh, mm. so I never known any about Edinburgh at the time, but afterward I noticed that the very similarity mm. in between the two traditions is 
one is really old and the castle is located in the hilltop and yeah. the river is located nearby and yeah they all the same is like similar with each other yeah yeah yeah, that's, yeah it's yeah we're not think yeah but it's quite common in different places in Europe that, that you have uh, castles on tops of some hills because you know it, it made a better effect it was also for like observation yeah because of the enemies and mm-hmm. so on so mm-hmm. but also in Japan actually sometimes maybe not always yeah but, uh, but the, the interesting thing is that in Japanese castle previously made by wood mm. it is not by made by stone ah yes, yes so yeah that that more or less really peculiar culture in Japan is, since the most of the construction is made by wood mm. and yeah they love to build up and construct it in the way but the problem is that is really weak when the enemies start firing and that and getting more flammable <laughs> castles were not good so they yeah. decided to stand, make of stone mm. and so on but yeah the, the most of the castle at the time that was located in the, the hilltop mm. and the mountainside and yeah that's me really, really common yeah that's why there are just a few original wooden castles in japan those which are marked as uh, national treasures right? yeah exactly matsumoto and i've been to matsumoto and inuyama mm. yeah inuyama mm. is pretty beautiful yeah, place yeah yes, to build it yes by it actually and this, oh and this one is actually yeah it's on a hill and there is a river nearby so, yeah it, so, so since the inuyama castle is called by the riverside uh, castle mm. it is really close uh, similarity to the ancient Chinese mm. castle which is really more similar situation there's a big river the mm. Kiss River among them and look down mm. for those scenario of the town and to con- yeah, control over that area right. yeah the Inuyama castle is quite beautiful mm. yeah yes this is mm. So interesting in Japan, the the most of the part of the warrior time. Uh, the number of local governors, in di- differently invented the number of castles mm. in their own ways. And by using some of their local materials like the limbers and stones, and some sculptural technique, a bit of structures mm. and so on. And yeah, they differently build up uh, the castles technique. But one of the interesting story behind the building castle is when it's which is uh, at the end of the the warrior's era. Mm. There's some people who are really familiar with or the very professionalized to build up a castle. It's uh, going to the, another place where the war, which is the war zone at the time that they wanted to build up some really nice castle there uh-huh. then they came to the people in Kyoto to build the really nice castle which is called the Kunamoto castle yeah. actually they say uh-huh. so yeah number of people who are really familiar with to build the <laughs> castle that they called to Kunamoto which is very end of yeah. Japan west that they yeah. tra- started constructing the castle yeah in, on their own way yeah. there's a record to you notice know, all the history yeah. about this 
But yeah, at that time, and uh, they have started to, you know, the wrap up all the hmm. way to construct a castle, in the more universal way, universal designs and so on. And now, yeah, we are uh, going. Actually, the Nagoya Castle is yeah. one of the castle which is built at the very end yeah. of the warrior's hair. So, I, I didn't know about it. So, like, the Kumamoto Castle is then, like, a kind of, uh, kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, how to say that? Uh, I don't miss the word. Uh... So like the castle which were built afterwards were mm -hmm. kind of based on the construction of Kumamoto, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. So yeah, the warrior town is go spreading the coast of Japan because mm, yeah, firstly that that started from the eastern side. Actually, it's near Mikawa area. It's mm -hmm. it's more or less close to Nagoya. It's just uh, okay. Toyohashi. Ikawa ah, area yeah, is one of the place where the main something. battle yeah. started, which is the main uh, beginning of this era. Yeah. Then there's three or four uh, very famous warriors battling together to control with each other, and someone died in Kyoto, and they're going to regular life, then conquer the west first, and coming back soon to the east to, uh, yeah demolish all the people who against that time. Eventually he reached to Tokyo and mm. regularized all the country together. This is the end. Ah, so yeah, actually in my local place, in my hometown, it's the place where <laughs> this era is ended. Ah. So this is why I'm really familiar with this, because <laughs> at the very end of this era, yeah. uh, the Toyotomi is one of the, the, the peasants once then he developed until the top more or less really close to the the emperor then he finally came up with our places to beat down among the peculiar warriors there mm. and once they conquered them then build up the Osaka and Nagoya castle together so basically so he he just uh, doing the legalize of the country to see the number of castles and how to build it how to uh, accomplish it how to destroy it and everybody know how to do this and then they're more fascinated and more stronger version of the castle they, they built so mm. they eventually invented some modernized castle in Osaka one, one is in Osaka mm. the other is uh, Nagoya this very interesting story behind. Yeah. Yeah, this it also makes sense because like I mean I wouldn't like to say that all castles but mm -hmm. you can see this repetitive uh kind of uh uh style in, in Japanese castles that mm -hmm. it's mostly like you have this this in the form of a tower yeah, yeah, that that's true. The previously they thought that design. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with that way, but yeah, obviously they started with the tower mm. in ancient Kyoto. Actually, the, in Kyoto, the older tower is is, is mimic in the culture in China, mm. 
the China also developed some kind of tower like mm. structures with repetitive yeah, floors, yeah, yeah. right? So then they firstly invent yeah, important number of constructional technique from China, more than one and five hundred years ago. Mm. Then they started developing Kyoto or Nara region yeah. with number of temples, the shrines, with the towers yeah. and so right. But the thing is getting changed when more than the fifteenth century or so, mm. then they started battling with different emperors and this I think the warrior era. The firstly they are doing something very small fire in each part. But mm. suddenly they developed all of the country, it is starting from Mikawa region actually. It's yeah. the main battle that has started. Yeah. And the, yeah, spreading all the country soon and until the end of uh, this era. So, yeah, 1903 is the time where the older degradation is developed, and the nine, uh, 1610 is the foundation of Edo. So there's all of the yeah. communities located in Yedo. Well, of course, no, the Yedo castle doesn't exist anymore, but mm-hmm. the Yedo castle is also this kind of style, like also the tower style. Yeah, yeah, it's the hugest castle in Japan. Yeah, if, at I time. think that it must have been like very impressive, right? Mm. Like with the size of it. But yeah, but do, do you know the story why the Yedo castle disappeared? I'm not, no. It is deeply related. Uh, I was talking about the trade deal with Britain or some so on. Fin- in the final moment where, where the Edo era is ending, the, the people who live in, in Edo society, like the shogun mm. is among the top of the warrior, decided to open the castle without any the bloody battle. So this is uh, some declaration. Yeah, to say yeah, he would like to surrender the or the emperor from Japan because previously he he was named as uh, some special warrior mm. who uh, taking charge all the the regulation all the security of the country mm. by the emperor. Mm. This is the start how they have a really big uh, priority and big mm. pa- big power to organize the people. But the thing is changed when the two emperors shown up, mm. then the, the thing is going mess, ah, yeah, like and it is separated in there's some several pieces with yeah. strong warriors in several regions in Japan. But now, yeah, there's some main battles happening around the Mika region, and some stronger warriors wrap up with all the small pieces. Mm. And going to Kyoto and kill the number of people and legalize Kyoto and yeah, it just hostile, uh, hostage, make a hostage of uh, the young emperor and doing something. It is going to mess. And but finally, yeah, yeah more than four hundred uh, years history of Japan is ending by no blood battles, <laughs> by just the top warriors had the care to open that castle and then then the the warriors who located in the west who is armed with the britain yeah, uh, modern uh, yeah, yeah. guns and cannons started destroy that castle 
Just like a kind of simple symbol or how Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. so. So then the castle is totally burning out. Yeah, of course. At the end of that time. So, so basically, uh, so to speak, the castle is, you know, destroyed by Japanese yeah. themselves. So. But with Western weapons. And yeah, exactly. It's cannons and, yeah. Yeah, but it was like the end of an era. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a borderline of some yeah so so it kind of made sense but it's a bit pity because yeah I and you've seen that castle before it's just only the basement yeah and the foundation scene but now yeah we sometimes see it, now that Edo castle is going to be a, the emperor's palace yeah so basically it's really fully designed in a way some places quite modernized, but the other is located still in the old fashioned. But do you think that anyone decides to rebuild? Um, it's possible. Yeah, but uh, yeah. the crucial thing is that the earthquake, mm. it is really uh, hard to think. Yeah, actually, when more or less 90 years ago, which is really old. But once the huge earthquake hit the, the country, yeah, yeah, three. yeah, right. <laughs> that, yeah. right. So at that time, the the old buildings are bound down. Yeah. So earthquake. maybe even if it wasn't destroyed, yeah, by the, yeah, so it could have been destroyed by the Kanto earthquake. That's true. That's right. True. So yeah, the Edo, and also the Edo castle. It's just a symbol. It is not redesigned for the war. Mm. Then on the contrary, if you look at the number of castles in Japan, it, uh, which is built in the middle of the war time, it is really sophisticated design. Like Inuyama Castle is mm. really sophisticated. Yeah, design. it's not big, but it's yeah. It's yeah, it is hard to climb up all you know, the places mm. to look at the castle yeah. and so on. Right, it's very nicely designed to evade yes, yes. people who want to enter in. Yeah, I think now now the Japanese getting really common about that history yeah. all over the countries, and have a look at the you know more international way to think about this. Like uh, there's some brief explanation how the Japanese history goes, like to you, right? Yeah. yeah. In comparison to the other histories, like in Krakow and Edinburgh, mm. the, yeah, this being interesting to talking. So, yeah, essentially, yeah, this is the brief history how the Japanese people think about their mm. own country. So, yeah, we have actually this number of pride. This is a good excuse for me to run a different language like Polish. So yeah. Oh, that that would be a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty challenging, you know. Yeah, actually, yeah, I I have several French people mm. together. They try to understand Japanese, and I started trying to yeah. also think in French. But the main difficulty is the pronunciation, and then similarly, yeah, the Polish could be yeah. really hard to understand intuitively how we should pronounce it how to skip the alphabet and uh, 
and sometimes you have like some connections of letters mm -hmm. they create a some kind of sound which is like completely unlogical I mean, <laughs> wow. uh, so how the Polish people develop this language for <laughs> some reason is very <laughs> like for example you know like uh, here you have of course the W like mm -hmm. the third letter here mm -hmm. but when we speak it out mm -hmm. we speak it like F so it's the W equals F not Povsteinsuf, Povsteinsuf, Povsteinsuf. Povsteinsuf. Yeah, your pronunciation was quite good. Okay, yeah, yeah, I have a good yeah. ear, but it's yeah. a very good bad memory. <laughs> <I'm very> <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. No, it's yeah, like, yeah. Povsteinsuf. Mm -hmm. And this means like this AL, mm -hmm. this uh, shortcut. It means avenue, alaya. Povsteinsuf Shlonsky. It's like. Uh, of uh, the Silesian uprising fighters <laughs> so you know, there was Silesia is uh, also a part of Poland like to the west of uh, Małopolska mm -hmm. um, and uh, there were three three uprisings after the first world war there mm -hmm. uh, so yeah this was like to commemorate the uh, people who were fighting in the uh, Silesian uprisings. Mm. Yeah, mm. so that's. Yeah, that is really interesting. Really we never had such a way of naming the places. Mm. And, um, yeah, mostly it's located some the scenery of the place, how mm. high it is, and how close to the river and stuff. Mm. We mostly uh, name all the places mm. in that way. It is not uh, related to the, uh, the passing way. Yeah. More interestingly, so you might understand so how Japanese people have family names. Do you know the history of this? Yes, why I'm, I'm saying this is, it's kind of an inverse name you're thinking. Yeah. Actually, th you these traits have the, the name of persons, right? On the contrary, yeah. in Japanese society, the person have the name of the place. <laughs> so this is why I'm thinking it's very interesting. For instance, if you look at the rice field, mm. then it's, if you relate it to the rice field, it is called Tanaka-san. Ah, ta, ta means uh, the rice field, yeah. Naka means the middle, it's yeah. more or less a close to that area. So then previously they had such a name because it is really close to the rice field itself. Yeah. That's be interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, one thing which is kind of curious to me, mm -hmm. that those family names in Japan. There, I mean, and I'm not saying that it's something bad or something like that, mm -hmm. but there are not extremely many family names in Japan. You, you can meet a lot of mm -hmm. also Tanaka people mm -hmm. or uh, Suzuki, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kobayashi. Actually, you are the only Arai. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very peculiar name, actually. So, uh, oh, yeah. so <laughs> it makes sense. Although it's not rare, but uh, yeah, it's less popular. Mm. That. Yeah, but I mean, of course, uh, it happens also in Poland and in European languages that those family names repeat, of course. But, yeah, yeah. But that's like, but I think it it's m happens more often in, in case of Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so actually, yeah, it's a very interesting point to think. Yeah, so most of the Japanese people have their own name from yeah. the place they live. 
their ancestor later. Yeah. So if you, yeah, there's a number of stories about that. But sometimes here, yeah, yeah, the people have really curious uh, family names. Yeah. It's located in very uh, specialized history mm. of their own family. Anyway, yeah, just really yeah, this is, yeah, but this is something that's also in case of, for example, Polish family names. Mm-hmm. I think that some what's different is that, uh, because you know sometimes you have some family names which uh, are related to uh, some profession, so mm-hmm. possibly some carpenters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Constructors. Um, and sometimes Sorry, something that's, that's different that you have some names which are related to the origin of the ancestor. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, and th- my family name is this kind of case. So my family name is Dajczak. Dajczak? Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, this is like the most probable story. And this is not also not a common family name uh-huh. in Poland, but um, the most probable story is that uh, it comes from the German word Deutsch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is also, and there's a long story behind that uh-huh. uh, there is a small village in nowadays Ukraine Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was in the 18th century mm-hmm. that um, there were coming settlers from different mm-hmm. countries to mm-hmm. yeah to also in in 18th century there were uh, coming a lot of settlers because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people were trying to um, because yeah just to also from the more or less 16th century okay no, no 17th century mm-hmm. um things were not going too good in Poland in case of, for example, like some kind of modernization and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why in 18th century, mm. there were more and more uh, colonizers coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were supposed to bring new technologies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mostly British, I suppose. Also, and yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> French. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, like in this it's village, in this okay. village, uh, mm-hmm. there, were, they came, there came three families. One from uh, Scotland. Okay. Yeah. One from the Netherlands mm-hmm. and one from Austria. Okay. Okay. So yeah, the people who were from Austria, they were of course speaking German, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. people didn't really distinguish because there was no. I mean, yeah, there was uh, Austria, yeah. but mm-hmm. there was no such a country like one German mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. but they were speaking German, so that's why they were called something like mm-hmm. yeah, Deutsch, mm-hmm. Deutschak. Dajczak. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting, yeah. actually. And the to, to di- distinguish yeah. the Brits yes. from the Dutch yes, yes, yes. German people. Yeah, and the people who came from Scotland, they, uh, so they are, mm-hmm. uh, they got a family name Bill. Bill. Yeah, mm-hmm. but with one L at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the Dutch, they got a family name Olender. Olender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Logically, like, right. right. And actually, I went to this village mm-hmm. in Ukraine, and mm-hmm. uh, there is like an old cemetery, and you can see a lot of Bill Olender Dajczak. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah it's quite international way to <laughs> you know, develop your own family name. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting, actually. So, yeah, someone have argued that some peculiar Japanese people also have. Foreign. The origin in oh. foreign yeah. country like uh, China, for instance, and Li San or Hata San. Uh, yeah, so ah. so yeah, uh, this is only thing I know. Yeah. For it's mainly it's coming from uh, ancient Korea, yeah. and 
yeah, it, basically the one single Chinese character and the family name is mainly coming from the continental mm. area in ancient times. But most of the people, more than 70% mm. of people in Japanese population now have a family name, their own places, like mm. Tanaka-san, Kobayashi-san, you know, Kawaguchi-san, whatever. It's, it's really related to the nature yeah. and agricultural uh, yeah, places yeah. because the, the before the urbanized this country, uh, the seven, more than 70% is doing in the agricultural things or the fishing, yeah. their own lands, whatever. But yeah, even the, the warriors, like uh, the warriors once going, the only the very limited people, less than 10% is going to school mm. and the, some, the governmental mm. work. And the rest of the people doing the something related to agriculture mm. or some manufacturing things. Yeah, so then, at the time, they they have their own name, yeah. and the before this stage, uh, actually, the people like Taira san yeah. or the Minamoto san is a very old name of the ancient warriors. It is basically have one single Chinese characters and popular mm. family names. Yeah. At that time, it's more or less closer to the this situation, like the people, yeah. everybody have uh, their own name, even the middle names of these yeah. people to uh, express their own cultural backgrounds, mm. family history, whatever. Mm. But now it's less common to have a middle names yeah. for Japanese people. To, they, we don't have to care about the middle name, it's just saying family name is the given name. But in the previous way... Yeah, I will yeah, tell you later, yeah, yeah. let's continue, I will tell you later. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, it's common to have a middle name in Poland, for example. Mm -hmm. And I am in the, the minority because I have just Mateusz Dajczak and I don't have... I, yeah, my parents just... But it's not like something... Yeah, my parents just decided mm -hmm. not to, to, to mm -hmm. give me any middle name. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think in most of the French people, like around my friends I met with today, have uh, Baptist, it's just uh, really ah. deeply related to Christian, yeah. ways, right? So, yeah, it's the kind of a middle name style yeah. commonly used in the European country. But yeah, again, we don't have any specifications mm. have a middle name. And like do you know this. the case of Russia, for example? This is interesting mm -hmm. because Russia and you know, this like this kind of area affect influenced by Russia that mm -hmm. everyone has a middle name and this is always like uh, and you kind of uh, uh, inherit that name after your father mm -hmm. so like uh, like for example Putin mm -hmm. uh, he is Vladimir Vladimirovich because Vladimirovich. yeah well, because his father was also Vladimir so uh, Vladimir Vladimirovich uh, Putin yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You have no choice, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah I, I think it's really interesting to think about. Yeah, actually, in the ancient Japanese warriors, everybody had their own pride, their own achievement in the battles. At that time, they had no medals and mm. badges, yeah, right? right? So then they 
costume as they wish, like they develop their own wall or armors and、uh-huh. they, they have own names on the katana and also have a middle name. And once they accomplish something、uh, important in the battles,、yeah. they have given some middle names from the owner or lord. At that time, then they, they develop, continuously developing that way. This was a kind of,、um, kind of、uh, some yeah, order, like some kind of.、Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, in the UK, like in the Britain world, we also have a similar story. Like,、uh, they once battled somewhere in the country when the British Empire conquered the river in India or something.、Mm. At the time, the people started to have a name. The grandfather and the grand grandfather's name、mm. in the middle. and Yeah, this is more popular in the UK actually. So, yeah, I think it's more similar story.、Mm. Part. But yeah, after the war, the, most of the, the war warriors is not peculiarly professionalized.、Mm. So then they start in the agriculture. More or less, they just go back to their own way of life. <laughs> so then, yeah, people don't care about the middle name anymore. That's interesting.、So、yeah, I think it's very interesting. So, so, you, when you were a warrior, you weren't a warrior necessarily for your whole life, right?、So、yeah,、like、exactly. <laughs> so, that system is actually invented more than 1,000 years ago.、Yeah. No, it's not, yeah, more or less 8, 800 years ago. So, so, they started the way to hire.、Mm. The pe- peasant to the warrior, yeah, it's just roughly armed,、yeah. and running and controlling the battle strategy, yeah, and de- developing their own weapons, mostly the spears,、mm. because they it is easier to use, right? It's right and wrong reach,、mm. it's easy to kill the enemies, and control is very sophisticated. The katana stuff,、mm. it's very heavy. Yeah, and how to control with, so they need some、uh, professions to、yeah. control this. So then they are divided into pieces. One, most of the right armor armed warriors is once mostly doing the agriculture. In the wartime, they go to join、yeah. the, the teams and militaries. But once this finished, then they go back to their own rank. The similar thing is also happening in the warrior era,、mm. and eventually、uh, they're yeah, getting in peace in their own life as an agricultural peasant.、Right. This is interesting. I mean, it happens, for example, in Poland sometimes, sometimes, like,、mm-hmm. uh, but mostly when you were、uh, yeah, recruited, for example, by some yeah, aristocrat. Yeah.、Um, yeah, to some, because. Polish aristocracy is at some point it was also kind of a、um, bad situation, like compared to which was normal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was the problem in Poland、yeah. in 17th, late 16th, no, no, it's mostly 17th century and early 18th, more or less, like、mm-hmm. that. That、uh, the aristocracy. Uh, get extremely powerful.、Mm-hmm. The power of the king was extremely small compared to、mm-hmm. that.、Mm-hmm. And、um, yeah, the, the aristocrats they had their own armies.、Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Yeah, and, yeah, that, that was uh, so in some kind of way similar to this situation in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course, if there was uh, some kind of uh, danger for the whole country, mm-hmm. um, then uh, the national army mm-hmm. could be suddenly mm-hmm. uh, accumulated mm-hmm. and. Uh, the aristocracy they could send their troops to this national army but mm-hmm. yeah this, this wasn't um yeah normal compared to most of the countries in europe i see and yeah and this is true that that there mm-hmm. was corruption and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah yeah the old fashioned aristocracy is appeared in japan until uh, maybe it's more or less 18th mm. century or so because the, the world is getting peace mm. and the everybody don't care about the war anymore it's very small yeah rising uprising is happening in peasant region to to be against about uh, very uh, the heavy mm. taxations and mm. something like that it's against that situation so and uh, yeah Except for that, uh, some extreme case, basically yeah. it's very peace. Then there's people starting travel <laughs> around the country and walking through the each places and settle down for a while. Mm. Yeah, that is developing and mixing a number of cultures with each other mm. from east to west, the south to north. So, yeah. At that time, basically, we have a six well, this main avenue which mm. is connecting to across the country in multiple directions. But it's, yeah, it is still remaining <laughs> as a very big connections. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, the history is very interesting. Okay, now, yeah, we, we can discuss this uh, in several times because we have this and that. <laughs> and okay, I really love history and yeah. several people getting into yeah, different things. Right? right. Okay. So now... Right. Okay. Thank you very much, Yeah. Thank you. Interesting stories about Poland. It's really interesting to me. Like, uh, yeah, a lot of things to learn. <laughs>